Hello and welcome to the Relationship Smart Women podcast. This is a podcast to help us explore how to be smarter in our relationships, how to be more aware, more reflective, clearer on our worth, and feel more like our true selves in these intimate, tricky bonds that we call relationships. I'm your host, Nicole Matheson, and my book, The Beauty Load, will be out from the 20th of May, 2022, and you'll be able to get that from any bookstore. If you enjoy this podcast, I would appreciate it so much if you could leave a review and subscribe and share it with a friend if you think it would benefit them. But for now, let's get started on today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Smart Women. Today, I want to talk to you about male sex tantrums. I did an Insta story about it and quite a few people DM'd me and got back to me that this was something that was relevant. So I thought it needs to be explored a little. Now, I feel there's a part of me that is a little hesitant about exploring this in detail because it is so personal. It is, we're going to have to generalize quite a bit to to go here. Even just me saying it's a male sex tantrum feels like I'm generalizing the shit out of it. It's not always men. It's not always a tantrum. It can definitely be women. It generally happens in heterosexual relationships. There are a lot of nuances and subtleties and differentials here. But if this is you and if this is relevant to you, then let's explore it because I come across this phenomena a lot in my therapy space, in the couple therapy space. And in fact, I would say that... For men, not having the frequency or quantity or connection quality of sex that they desire is a big factor in what draws them into wanting to explore therapy. So that's a good thing. Um, that's That's a healthy way for our men to respond to not getting enough sex. So... With that in mind, with the fact that we are going to have to generalize a lot and that we know this is not all men, that this is sometimes women, that this is really painful for the men who do it and we're going to be really compassionate, let's explore. So first, just want to be really clear that a tantrum is not always going to look like a three-year-old tantrum with stomping and screaming and voicing and flailing around. Sometimes a tantrum can look like guilting, making you feel guilty for for, uh, by, you know, puppy dog eyes or manipulation or um, complaints or 
little critical comments or jokes even of never having enough sex. Um, it can be, the tantrum could be turning off, going cold, uh, not actually connecting through the rest of your lives. And oh my gosh, if that doesn't create more of what you don't want, like we'll talk about the pressure loops that are going on. But yes, it can be in um, in other parts of life, just kind of switching off, going cold, not feeling loved and um, pulling back, distancing. But yes, uh, the sad thing about this is that there is a lot of pain when there is a tantrum or a turning off or a switching off or a, a guilting. There's a lot of pain sitting beneath this and that pain is being projected onto sex, onto the desire for sex and um, it is not being processed in other ways. You know, so beneath this, our men or women, our men, let's generalise just to make it easier, are... Uh, not feeling satisfied and we want to feel compassionate because that's hard and I think that what's happening is that dissatisfaction is actually feeling like rejection. Our men are feeling that they are not actually appreciated or loved or desired or that their partner is not attracted to them and that's really painful and it's nearly like everything gets put onto siphoned into sex as the significator as the litmus test of how much they are loved there's been studies done that show that for some men, that emotions have been clumped together um, without too much subtlety and nuance where connection, intimacy, love, attraction, desire have all been clumped together into the same thing. And it has come up in things like therapy sessions when there's intimacy that some heterosexual men who've had this clumping occur have actually found they find it really confronting because intimacy is clumped with desire and attraction and love and um, the intimacy and vulnerability they're getting in a therapy session feels really uncomfortable because of that. So in a way, everything gets clumped for, for, our, for our men onto sex as the significator of love, affection, intimacy, and desire. And this is not our men's fault. This comes from the heteronormative narrative that we have been conditioned with through all the books we've been exposed to, all the messaging around sex, all of the fairy tales, all of the movies, all of the TV shows that... You know, this is how it is explained and modelled and shown to us that when there is 
attraction. It looks like sex. It looks like passion. It looks like desire. It looks like I can't keep my eyes, hand, eyes and hands and body off you. And it is a rip your clothes off type sex. And it is barely any um, foreplay. It is straight into penis and vagina sex and it is everyone has a lovely simultaneous orgasm and this love plus attraction equals sex and desire is the way I think um, our men are actually innately programmed to feel connection and I feel like it's kind of the unfortunate uh, design of our evolutionary systems, right, that men want that physicality, want that intimacy, sexual intimacy and physical intimacy to feel connected. And once they're connected, from there blossoms other areas of connection. But the physicality is their, their portal into it. But for women, and this is evolutionary because we have you know, the potential to get pregnant and bear children, we feel like physically connection, like physically connecting intimately once we feel connected emotionally and mentally. Um, so it's the other way around. It's kind of like a cosmic joke, isn't it? And this is not every couple, but and not every man and not every woman, but this is in general how, how we are sort of evolutionarily, biochemically and uh, everything else designed. And this is a, a conundrum that we all face in heterosexual couples, that we all face and so we have to all navigate that to some degree and we have to all compromise to some degree so as women we have to find ways to navigate through to get to a sense of connected enough in order to connect physically and intimately and for men same goes we, they have to um, find ways to navigate through so that they can offer that connection so that they can get to the physical connection um, we, I just want to acknowledge that feeling rejected in this can be really unnerving, really scary. The, the narrative in the head or, or the heteronormative narrative that can result in they mustn't find me attractive, they mustn't love me, it's a really scary thought. And when your attempts at finding intimacy are not working, it can leave you in a really oh, flustered, worried, concerned, catastrophic sort of state of mind, very anxious. It's very anxiety-provoking in uh, a committed long-term relationship. And it can also be a really, really hard topic to share and talk about. <sighs> Also, just want to uh, input here that anxious attachment stuff, like that this can create that anxiety around the attachment and 
and when the attempts uh, for intimacy are rejected or blocked or there's barriers to it can really provoke even more anxiety and that the anxious attachment wants the physical intimacy to alleviate the anxiety. Uh, there's so much here to talk about. Uh, I want to keep it fairly brief because I could go on and on and on about this. There is also an aspect of the, the sex model, that heteronormative sex model that we have been sold, not actually being one that most women, uh, let's not, like generalizing is hard, isn't it? But a lot of women don't actually feel all that satisfied with. It is very much poke around, penis in vagina, everyone's happy. But 70% of women don't actually come to orgasm that way. The majority of women have not got a spontaneous desire. They're not going to think about sex and be turned on, look at their partner and be turned on, have the suggestion of sex and be turned on. Most women have a responsive desire, which means that they need 20 minutes of hinting towards sexual, but not necessarily directly sexual, uh, stimulation, excitement, touch, whatever it is, in order to get to their yes. So again, it's about finding, navigating ways through, and that usually means some good communication, uh, owning for women. It means owning our sexuality because really what we want and what will get us to having the quality, the quantity, the frequency of sex is being excited about sex, is having sex that is worth getting excited for. And that is a very personal thing. No heteronormative narrative, no movie script can really tell us exactly what that's going to be. But especially when it's a male model of sex that's been shown to us, it's not going to do it for us. We need to really own our kink, our eroticism, our turn on and communicate and ask for that and play and explore and find ways to get to sex that's worth having. All right, so that is actually part of the solution but before we get really to that solution idea, I want to talk about what's happening. So we've kind of talked about what's happening for men. I want to talk about what's happening for women when they are feeling this, that their man's not satisfied, that their man is feeling rejected, that their, um, their men are having a tantrum. It feels like pressure to women. Again, generalizing here but let's go with this it feels like they are guilted into sex which feels like obligation sex it feels like more caretaking and if we have children it just feels like we're caretaking everyone and this is just another person to look after 
and that guilty, caretaking, obliged sex generally means sex that is get it over and done with as quick as possible. It is not the sex worth having. It is not all that pleasurable. It is stressful in our nervous systems. And over time, our nervous system gets worn out with having sex we don't actually want to have to the point of switching off or giving us anxiety at the thought of it. (sighs) We don't want our men to feel shit. We don't want our men to feel anxious and we don't want our men to feel abandoned. So we often will do this. We'll provide our bodies. We'll put, um, put that need above the honest need within ourselves or the honest communication, ah, the pressure loop does not work. It's just like a pressure loop in another part of your life, say our men might feel the pressure loop to spend time out in nature with the family and that's not really their thing. I don't know. I can't even think of an example because it's so personal or it might be, you know, to do the laundry or change the bins or something, the more there is pressure and the more there is dissatisfaction and the more there is complaint, the more pressure you feel, the more you probably don't feel like doing it. It doesn't create desire. In fact, when we look at the dual control model of sexuality, which is brakes and accelerator, accelerator is going to excite us, Breaks are barriers to the excitation. So pressure is a break. Guilt is a break. Obligation is a break. Seeing how how grown men have childlike tantrums to ask for what they want is a turn off. The way out of this, let's think. We want to dismantle the pressure loop. We do not want a pressure loop. We do not want sex coming from obligation and guilt and we do not want as women we do not want to feel responsible for another person's well-being or anxiety or needs we want them to be responsible so that's what we as women have to do we have to own our sovereignty and honor our partner's sovereignty by no longer doing obligation sex you can have sex if it is a maybe or a yes but the more you have sex when it's a no out of obligation the more your nervous system is going to shut down around this we have to ask our men to hold responsibility for their own anxiety and find other ways through which could be by having non-sexual touch, non-sexual affection, non-sexual connection. Um, We have to ask our men to deal with their anxieties in other ways, go shout it out to the ocean, go get therapy, go journal it out, go deal with it and come to us when they're not. We can soothe their anxiety and we can offer sex, but if this is all that's on offer, it's not going to work. Another way out of the pressure loop is not just consent where 
it's a yes. Um, it's an enthusiastic yes. But sex where women uh, the, or the less uh, enthusiastic partner say is allowed to say no without consequence. So what I also find, and maybe this is, should be multiple podcasts and I'm squeezing it all in to so stay with me here, but what I also find for women is that when they're feeling this pressure loop, they start saying no to basic affection, to a cuddle, to a kiss, because they don't want to feel obliged to go all the way and end up having to have sex. So what we need is to be able to say no at any point without consequences. If we have the power to say no at any point in the sexual proceedings, we can then say yes. When we know that our partner will honor our no, we find it much easier to say yes. To start with, I recommend asking for cuddles that have no obligation for sex at the end. Let's have a cuddle. I can't promise this will end up anywhere else, but I really want to hug. I really want to connect with you physically. Um, I have a few exercises that I run for my couples in this, um, but I think that ways out are dismantling the pressure loop by not being responsible for each other. It is being able to say no without consequence. It is being able to have affection without the expectation of sex. And it is about communicating. Oh, communication is everything. And it is about owning and finding your own eroticism and kink so that you're having sex that is worth having. That is a lot of information. I have just verbal diarrhea at you. But I would love to hear from you if this is relevant, if this feels like it resonates. And there is the desire for me to turn this into uh, an on a mini online course for couples to do together. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. Very shortly, I'm going to have my very first tiny course ready for release. And that is all about self-compassion around the beauty load and feeling body confident rather than anxious and insecure in our bodies. So I cannot wait to release that. Um, in the meantime, take care. I look forward to hearing from you. If you would like to respond to me, hit me up at hi at nicolemurfison.com. Take care. Bye.